see what we can learn about Matt Kajewski today. <laughs> material for days. Been rocking out to LCD sound system all morning. You ever heard of them? Yeah, I have. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. That show at, at the garden. They're fantastic. Been going down like a nine inch nails hole. Ooh, nine inch nails. Huh? Yeah. Kind of okay. mixing it back up. Were you a Deftones so guy? Did you listen to Deftones back in the day, too? I didn't. No. I didn't. But you know them. Yeah. Because you know, you're my age, right? So I'm literally your age. Yeah. I'm saying we have a lot of prize same like same music that we listen to. We do, we do. We we grew up in the Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, I love Green it. Day era. It was beautiful. I'd run the Gauntlet, beautiful. Sublime. I still like yeah. Dave Matthews Band. I mean, oh just, oh, dude, Dave got to see Dave a couple times in Omaha. Those were good good days. I love this concert. I just never remembered any of them. Mm-hmm. You Why is that, Luffy? You can't you can't go to Dave Matthews concert. I ended up rolling down one of the grass hills at uh was it the Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Woke up at the bottom. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what's going on everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com. NFL ownership show strategy show, I should say ownership edition. On a beautiful Wednesday, January 19th, 2022. I'm Dave Lochran at Lafay underscore D on the Twitters, L O U G H Y underscore D for those of you podcast listeners. Joined as always, my, probably only gonna do this a couple more times. So soak it in, fellas and ladies. Eric Linquist at Eric Linquist and Matt Gajeski at Matt underscore Gajeski. That's J A G A J E W S K I. What's up, Matt? Not too much, man. Excited for these games. You were talking before the show how we have all these good quarterbacks on the slate. So I'm expecting a really good batch of football games. Hopefully a lot of them are a little closely closer contested than what we saw to close out wildcard weekend. But we're basically just dealing with the best of the best at this point. Yeah, we are. Uh, quarterbacks, man, absolutely loaded. A lot of these positions have a, have a lot to get to. Gage says, I'm supposed, Lafayette, I'm supposed to be doing my homework, but I'm here instead. My professor's definitely bitching. Well, eh, tell him you have a, a valid excuse. We're happy to have you here. Eric, we support all type of class cutting, work skipping, school skipping when it comes to watching the strategy show. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just tell them that you're going to be a millionaire come Sunday. So <laughs> it, it'll be just fine once you let them know that. They'll be really nice to you. It'll all be set. They'll be like, what is this DraftKings thing that you guys are talking about? They'll be curious. You'll be able to kind of talk and finagle your way out of it. Just make sure that you talk about all the genius stuff that Matt Kajewski talks about on the daily. You know what's going to happen? They're going to tell him about it. Professor's not going to show up to school the next day. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. They're going to be awesome subs. I mean, that's that's how it works. It's it's quick. quick When I was was an undergrad, I was – toying around with the idea of going to law school, basically on my parents' recommendation. So I was in this class to prepare for the LSAT. And instead of going to it, I used to just go to Starbucks and watch Oklahoma tape. And, <laughs> and I, This is your calling. And like old Middle Tennessee games from like 2013 to like get a read on some prospect who is now a senior and probably like a seventh round pick. And lo and behold, I did not end up as a lawyer. No, I can't imagine how you did it, honestly. But that's that's great. You're not like, yeah, I was, I, I was watching NFL. Not even NFL. Just just oddly. Oh, would you say Oklahoma and who else? I, I used to watch a lot of Oklahoma because they had like Baker and Joe Mixon and all mm-hmm. these Marquise Brown. But I would also watch like some of these really scrubby teams, like Middle Tennessee State. They played Alabama one year, and they had the seventh round pick that like picked off. I can't even remember who the quarterback was. I don't know. Love my parents don't still don't know about that. That's oh, why wow, they do didn't work out. Yeah, they, they, now they do because they both quit their jobs to watch the NFL strategy show as well. <laughs> All right, let's dive into it. We got a lot oh. to talk about. Happy to have you guys here as uh, always. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet, and subscribe to the channel. 
71,300, not bad. Doing quite well around this way, thanks to you guys. But if you haven't done so yet, hit that thumbs up and subscribe. Become part of the family around this way. Uh, oh, and if you want to join and get those badges, you see a bunch of those in chat right now. The custom emojis, the free super chats each month, and always priorities on your questions and comments, along with our Discord members. Hit that join down below. Eric, we're going to have, uh, we're getting it set up now to where we're going to have, we're going to be able to put the comments and questions up on the screen, which is going to oh, be a real God. nice little addition to these shows. What a time to be alive. I get to do less work. I'm all about it. I mean, listen, does anybody do it as, as well as we do? I'm not, this isn't no. boastful, but we got producer cam now. We're about no. to have the pop-up question. I mean, I, I don't know. You tell me. Yeah. I mean, what more do you want people? What more do you want? They always want something more. They do. That's that's kind of part of it. I mean, we have to innovate because you you guys are just like, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? Yeah, we damn sure can. It's never enough, but we're here anyway. Matt, one thing that that I got wildly wrong. So did you. So we can commiserate on this together. At no point did I see Cam Akers just being injected straight into the offense as the lead back and out touching Sony Michelle out snapping Sonny Michelle after being five and a half months removed from an Achilles tear and having five carries on the entire season, going in to a huge wild card game against the Cardinals craziness. Yeah. That's the thing. Their previous game was huge for them too. And Cam Akers was very much on a snap count. So my anticipation was what could possibly change one extra week removed and apparently a lot. So that, that was an L I think that was in the range of outcomes, but definitely like a standard deviation where away from what we expected. But if you predicted that correctly, hopefully you made some money on it. Yeah, hopefully. How did you do on Monday, Eric? Uh, I did okay. I mean, Matt Savoka put us on Cam Akers, so that was Matt, helpful. I, what I was was on, what's that? What's that? I didn't listen to him. Yeah, well, <laughs> you should listen more, Matt Kajewski. What was as hard as you are? Yeah, Matt Savoka, he just basically said, I think that you have to be willing to embrace some risk on showdown slates. And Cam Akers, when healthy, is the ex most explosive back in the backfield for the Rams. We saw him, you know, progress into the lead back role towards the end of the season last year. Six months ago, Achilles tear, but they're not going to throw him out there unless he's good to go. They're not going to play him as a shell of himself with an Achilles injury. And so I thought that that reasoning, pretty solid got on a sizable amount of him, had a profitable day, came close to the nuts, needed Rams, more Rams defense. Okay. But the thing is, it, to, truthfully, it wasn't even about getting on to Akers. He wasn't even that good, and he wasn't that cheap. It was about getting away from Sonny. Yeah, well, it was about getting on to any kind of 5-1 lineup you could with Rams. Sure. Yeah, well, that's and, the truth. And finding the, the build that kind of got you in that direction. So if you could get anybody with positive stuff, I mean, Odell, Stafford, um, obviously Cooper cups ended up getting there towards the end as well. You know, all 80, 90% of the field, but like legitimately cam acres, I, I, I think is an exciting, it's just exciting to see a dude put up almost hundred yards six months ago. Guy tore his Achilles six months. Yeah. I, I've never than, seen anything less than like six it. months ago. Yeah. Less than six months. It's just insanity. So, um, I will say that, you know, you, when we think about these injuries and you know, last week I was on a different show and I just basically said, I think the backup running back spot is the most important position to get right this entire weekend because there's going to be a number of these guys who popped off. Now, I did not say that thinking that Jarek McKinnon was remotely in play. I did not say that thinking that Giovanni Bernard was going to play more snaps. Like it just came down to some of these spots to get different and to get up to some of these wide receivers with massive upside, which we are just littered with across the entire board here in the playoffs for a four gamer. Um, you've got to find some ways to get different. And these running backs, there's not a ton of security. I mean, especially a guy like Derrick Henry. I mean, we got to assume he's going to get a large workload, but is it going to be identical? We're just kind of assuming identical workload to what he's always had. Those are the kind of things that I think you've got to find ways to get away from the field. And if you can guess right on certain situations or have logic such as Cam Akers is not getting activated, if he's only partially okay here in this spot, you can make some money. I don't think that's true. Like we've never seen a precedent for that. And the only players that have returned six months from major injuries are college players. And all of them have come back limited. So if anything, I think you can argue there's a sample of players not coming back full strength from these major injuries. 
However, at the NFL level, he's the only one that's ever done it. So I don't know. Oh, totally. No, but I'm saying just in general, inheriting risk about the position. I'm not talking about just the Cam Akers one specifically, because I think that was a tough one for me to even get to. And then on a showdown, like fortunately, it was a showdown situation where you got to find some leverage. You got to find ways to get different. I'm more willing to embrace the risk. If it would have been the six gamer, there's not a chance in hell I would have rostered Cam Akers. Here's the thing, though. Cam Akers is not that good. I'm sorry. Ooh. He's not. He's go. he's he's fine, but like he's not markedly better than Sony Michelle or Daryl Henderson. Sorry, he's not. I love Sony Michelle. So you're talking to the wrong. But guy. like, if you go back and look at Cam Akers, has he done anything? And granted, he was a rookie, but like to suggest that this guy is going to be elite, I don't. I don't think so at all. Quite Coach frankly. speak. I mean, what? that's Sean McVay. Obviously, loves him. He loved yeah, Gurley I mean, too, who is the did. same back. He said the he same did. back ever since he came there. What's that, Matt? He's he said that like a clone of Gurley every single step of the way. Like he's he's force fed these mediocre backs throughout his entire tenure as head coach. Yeah, and Anthony said that there was no way they were going to give him five cat. We didn't say that. I think you and I said we thought around ten carries uh, on the show. Eh, still got it wrong. I thought five was definitely in the range of outcomes. And sure, probably but, more likely than what he saw. But I thought we both said around like eight to ten, if if I remember correctly. Yes. Whatever. The thing is, though, he what? I, 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 it doesn't. It's just he. The getting Acres right was more important towards getting off of Michelle. Acres yes. was like Acres wasn't good. He averaged three yards per attempt and seven. He had fifty-five rushing yards. He did have that one forty-yard reception, but it well, was he more, looked explosive, Lofty. He looked explosive on the field. I, I, know. I guess. Maybe to your eyes. I mean, I was subjective. just kidding. Did you not hear my tone of voice? I know. You I know. You're right. You're right. I should have picked Matt. up on that sarcasm. I, I should have picked up. Matt could just. Neither of us did, Eric. So <laughs> I'm. <clears throat> what else do I have to do to sell my sarcasm, Matt? I don't know what to tell you, bud. I know. It's okay. All right. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it running backs boys let's make it happen and uh we'll do that we'll do wide receivers tight ends uh and then top stacks at the end tell you where we're at here a lot a lot of potential stacks that could absolutely erupt this week kick it off with you matt at the top and disclaimer leonard fournette still hasn't been activated i don't know what's going on with him he, he said he still can't run at full speed without feeling tightness in his hamstring so that's not great Derrick Henry is practicing, and that's cool, going at full speed, but Vrabel said he needs to see a full week of practice and watch how he cuts. I'm assuming he plays, but what type of workload does he have? And then Clyde Edwards-Alaire is also questionable, so that has to be known as we go into this. Ownership is going to resemble – we're going to see some of that resemble – or reflected, sorry, in ownership because we just don't know. But right now, Leonard Fournette and Derrick Henry are projected to be the two highest-owned running backs. Yeah, and I think that makes sense, especially because their prices are down. And that's a theme we've seen throughout the playoffs is DraftKings in particular is not pricing these slates as efficiently as we've seen in the past, maybe because we have more casuals just flowing into the lobby. They want to make better rosters. I'm not sure what the strategy is, but Derek Henry, he might be the cheapest he's been all year. I'm not sure. And Leonard Fournette, his price is still in the 5Ks, which is extremely cheap for a guy who had arguably the best running back workload down the stretch this season just a matter of health with both of them, but assuming they're on the field, I think you have to have to consider them. What type of opportunity or what type of workload do you think we get out of Henry this week? If he returns and starts Eric? I mean, obviously that's just a gigantic question mark here. Cause there's two ways you can look at it. One Tennessee, put him on bubble wrap here coming off the foot surgery and just decided we're going to use him in the playoffs. They put themselves in a really good position just to get into the playoffs from the get-go. Obviously, they had a really easy finishing schedule, obviously an easy finishing game there. Um, and, and so they just kind of decided to put him on bubble uh, or put him on ice here and, and give him a go. The other line of thinking is just that he is not going to be 100%, and you're going to see him in a spot where he's splitting snaps for the first time pretty much in, in the entire uh, in the, in the last two years, for sure. I mean, obviously there were a lot of issues before that, but Derek Henry had the most secure workload out of any back here, uh, that would be on this slate. And I don't think that that exists here this time around. I'm probably in the camp where I think you see some Hilliard and, and Hilliard is somebody that gets mixed in in negative game scripts as is, 
I think one of the themes I'm going to have throughout this entire show, and you guys might find surprising, is I like every single dog on this slate. Like, I'm legitimately in the camp where I think every single dog is more than live to win. I think I might be somebody who bets every single money line from the dog side. And we just got parlay them, baby. Oh my God. Just <laughs> parlay for that is not a chalk eater parlay in the old oddshopper.com. No, but it is a dog way. days parlay. Huh? It's oh dude. It's going to get, it's going to get weird. I, I think I'm going to sound like I'm completely free, next couple days. I'm going to sound a little bit insane, but like legitimately I'm going to bet every single dog on this slate. Um, it, it's a question, obviously you're looking at San Francisco being the longest dog, a dog against green Bay. And I think they could just win that game. Uh, with the offensive line, with the running game there with Devo Samuel and Eli Mitchell. But I'm looking at Derrick Henry as, as a huge question mark. Be paying attention to news. That's what we have news God for. We're going to have to be looking for any information we can possibly find about what that workload might be limited to because I, I am assuming right now that he would be limited. 37 to 1 odds if you parlay all four of those. I, I'm, I might. I it's might. actually I, not. First of all, I mean, parlaying them, you're not, you know, you going to be a little conservative there but i don't disagree with you that all of these dogs are like look let's be real it's not exactly a hot take right i mean the rams are three-point dogs in tampa the bills that game opened at three it's down to one and a half titans three and a half point favorites yeah the niners are six point dogs but they they are built to to play the packers well so I, i'm yeah. with you there yeah rin pack i he knows i went six and oh last weekend i did not bet a single one and i'm very very upset that i did not oh. but legitimately flat out picked every game on two different shows six and oh said yeah. san francisco would be the only road team who won i legitimately think all four road teams are very live i don't know if i want to be the guy who's out here saying that i think all four road teams win because that's very you just said 37 to one but i think they're more than live i think that's a pretty good number to get on it so I'm in the camp of, and I agree with you in chat, Mark, Vrabel's just trying to sell some <laughs> bullshit. And there's no doubt that Derrick Henry's playing this. Week. Really? Oh yeah. He's playing. Oh, I mean, I, I think he's playing totally, but I'll go a step further. I'll go a step further and, and, and say that every running back carry goes to Derrick Henry this week. I'll give you odds on that. I don't think it's that crazy, right? It's not that crazy, but I'll give you massive odds that he's not the only running back to get a carry. Yeah, I mean, look, maybe that's a bit hyperbole there. I, I, but uh, it, he, if, if he does, I mean, if he doesn't, there's a possibility that it's like 28 carries and then one goes to Dante Foreman or something. I mean, I, I don't know. I, ultimately, if, if he's healthy, there's put it this way, Matt, and you mentioned this right at the top. If he's healthy and he's going to get even close to a full workload, $7,500 price point is not just cheap. It's absurd. Yeah. We, we don't really have salary restrictions. I think you just lock in Henry at the price tag, not only because we expect the workload to be pretty good. And I mean, even if he has 75% of the workload he had before, what is he getting? 22 carries. The guy right. was handling 30 touches a game and sure. Maybe he doesn't have 30 touch upside, but who rivals him in terms of workload, even at 75%, maybe Joe Mixon, who has occasionally seeded pass game work to players like Samaj P. Ryan. I'm not hundred percent sure that somebody rivals him even with like a 75% Derrick Henry. So he's just a guy, especially in cash formats, low risk. I'm just putting him in. Me too. You know who else I'm going back to Eric? We're going straight back to Devin, Devin Singletary, Singletary, baby. Yeah. I knew that was coming. Got to. I, yeah. I tweeted this today and someone's like, I have a feeling I'll hear that in around an hour. You're right. Over his first 45 <laughs> games in the NFL, he had six rushing touchdowns over his last five, <clears throat> excuse me, over his last five, he has seven. I, he has seven touch rushing touchdowns over his last five games because he's just continuously getting all of the work played 80% of snaps last week and would have played more if they weren't up by a hundred points in the fourth quarter. I know that Josh, Josh Allen in the playoffs too can be a, a real thorn in the side of opposing running backs, but I think there's enough room for these guys to coexist again. Yeah. Well, let's go back. Yeah. Devin Singletary. So 86% of the offensive snaps here. Uh, I think his workload, I mean, if you, I think Makajewski owes me Chipotle, you owe me Chipotle. We can go back uh, Makajewski. I think Devin Singletary plays more snaps than Derrick Henry. Wait, what do I owe you on, on a Devin Singletary or on the one from a while ago? 
from the one from a while ago. Oh, okay. I'm just saying that I've got them on the books. So uh, Waffy, we Gosh. can maybe do a Derrick Henry uh, gives up at least four and a half carries to other running backs from Tennessee. You can't use snap counts as a way to compare Singletary and Henry, though. That's silly. Right. But I, I'm saying that you said everybody's saying that it's the most secure workload. And I would say Devin Singletary has a more secure workload than Derrick Henry just because there's no injury tag. There's no issue that we have of like any kind of a question mark. And, you know, the, the combination of Hilliard Foreman has been something that uh, for DFS purposes, has been frustrating where they kind of randomly sprint uh, just kind of would seed work to one another in spots. But now obviously Derek Henry, I'm not questioning that he's not the number one here, but Devin Singletary specifically 86% of snaps there against new England in a spot where they were still murdering, like, they just never took him off the field to begin with there. So I, I don't see them in a closer game, uh, which we all expect this to be them taking him off the field whatsoever. I think he's my favorite running back on the entire board. 5,900, you're getting sub 6K for a guy getting 80 plus percent of the work here uh, with Josh Allen at quarterback. And in a game, again, I like the Buffalo Bills. Again, I just like all these dogs this entire week. So Devin Singletary, uh, sign me up for that. Derrick Henry, you know, even if he is 100% here in this spot, Cincinnati, so much offensive firepower. There are, there are paths to this game where Cincinnati gets up early and you know you could see a lot more Hilliard than what you might expect. Okay, Matt? I don't even know what he's trying to bet us. He's talking about snap counts. <laughs> what do you want us to bet? Matt, Devin Singletary will play more a larger percentage of the offensive snaps than Derrick Henry. Of course, no, though, he's a pass I, I don't like that. We're talking about... We're talking about workload, Eric. Workload is designated in touches, not snaps. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll, I don't. I don't up. disagree I'll with you up. on snap counts. Well, okay. no, Henry never plays ninety percent of snaps. Though. I know. I'm just. I'm trying to. Think I don't. Of I don't care about snap counts. I love Devin Singletary. I love so him I too. To I love him too. I'm in complete agreement with everything you said about Devin Singletary. And when they're down in games, he has a great role in in the pass game. We've seen him catch or receive five, six targets in individual contests. It's just. They've been murdering opponents down the stretch and they haven't necessarily needed to throw to their running backs. So I'm in full agreement with you on Devin Singletary as an individual play, particularly at his price. And I think there's a lot of constructions you could build, get contrarian at running back. So maybe you use Devin Singletary in another cheap back and have expensive stacks at the cost of foregoing Henry. I think that's definitely live too. Yeah. There's just two different types of workloads. If Henry's okay, True. you're getting potentially 30 carries. You're never getting in a game like this 30 carries from Singletary. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of it on the fly because I want more. I know what you're saying. I, I, yeah. I look, I love Devin Singletary. We don't like you know that. I know you've been big on. I think all of us have been yes. for for a while now. There's no question. But uh, Derek Henry, man, it, it, it a full, is is Singletary underpriced? Yes. Is is a potentially back to his 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 old former self, Derrick Henry, underpriced at seven five, yeah, definitely. I mean, the only question is maybe he isn't, right? Like that's the mm -hmm. counterpoint. Maybe he isn't underpriced. But if you get the Derrick Henry you're looking for, he should be ten k. Correct. So that's that's the difference. I I one hundred percent agree with that. Hey, what are you guys doing with um some of these cheaper guys? Like what? Actually, hold on. I wanted to mention this. Eli Mitchell, right? Yep. And then can we talk a little bit about Aaron Jones just as a low-owned option? Because given his price points sandwiched in between Henry and Mixon and, you know, all of those other guys, probably a little bit overpriced based on recent production, but he's had that game off. He finally practiced on a Tuesday. I'm curious to see if his workload increases in both the passing game and the ground game. So, uh, Matt, you first, and, and then Eric. Let's hit on Mitchell and Aaron Jones. Yeah, I love Aaron Jones as a contrarian play, Me kind too. of a direct pivot off Derrick Henry. He's been hurt down the stretch this year, and he still played in a lot of games, but we know he wasn't 100%. That coincided with elevated work for A.J. Dillon. The only worry I have with Aaron Jones is they get up in this game, and if it plays to the spread, which is nearly a touchdown, I do think you see elevated A.J. Dillon, particularly in the second half. We know it's a timeshare. And there are other situations where we don't have timeshares, which I think will drive down the Aaron Jones ownership. But we've seen the upside on multiple occasions, particularly earlier in the year. We know he's a red zone weapon and he's the preferred pass catcher. So in certain game scripts, there's definitely a ceiling for Aaron Jones. And at low ownership, I'll definitely be taking some shares of him. How about you, Art? 
Um, I'm, I'm probably not going to be there completely. I mean, AJ Dillon right now in the boom bust tool, 29% optimal percentage with 16.3% ownership. I think, you know, it is a spot where this game talk about bets, this entire show. I, I don't, I think I'm on the odd shopper channel right now, but, um, I like the under of this game, San Francisco odd Green channel Bay. on YouTube, check it out. 47 <laughs> and yeah, 47. You got to promote it a little I bit. I know you're crushing. That, no, man. I just I just threw it out there and then, you know, just there you go. 47 and a half. Uh, I, I just think that this game in Green Bay going under. But A.J. Dillon, as I said, just a massive, massive optimal score for what you would expect. I mean, that puts him sixth, not amongst running backs, but sixth amongst all players in terms of optimal appearance rate. So I'm looking at A.J. Dillon as more of the guy that I would want to be investing in. But I'm I'm telling you right now, Eli Mitchell is going to come in even lower on than the 16.4% we have. He is sandwiched between Devin Singletary and Leonard Fournette, both of which I expect to garner a ton of attention so long as Leonard Fournette is activated. You're going to know by Saturday before the slate starts simply because they have to activate him if he's going to play Sunday. So Leonard Fournette, be on the lookout for that news. But I just expect him and Devin Singletary to garner so much more attention. I think Eli Mitchell becomes another just point of leverage on this slate. 23.4% optimal appearance rate. 16.4% ownership. That is a ton of leverage on this four games late to be getting going Eli Mitchell's way. He's averaging 20 carries on the 11 games he's played this year. Yep. That's a huge number. Huge number. He just doesn't catch a lot of passes, but was targeted twice against Dallas for a robust minus 11 yards, but that's okay. That's okay. I like, I like Eli Mitchell. I mean, yeah. When, whenever you tell me that a guy could get, give you another 20, he has 27 carries in three of his last six, 21 or more in what, like seven straight. So that's just great volume there. Do you guys have any value or is this a spot where we just have to wait on what goes on with Edwards Allaire uh, and some of these other guys like Leonard Fournette? Cause those are big pieces of news we're, we're, we're waiting on. Yeah. I think we definitely have to wait. Leonard Fournette would become, I think the best individual running back play on the slate because they've already showed caution with him. If he's not fully healthy, it doesn't seem like they're going to bring him back. And they've been cautious with injuries throughout the year going back. Say what you will about Antonio Brown, but the guy spent many, many weeks on IR. Gronk was on injured reserve longer than we thought. So I think it's a spot where Fournette's back. He's probably fully healthy. They've shown that they do not trust Keyshawn Vaughn. Le'Veon Bell is, he's just essentially a depth piece for them in case of emergency. And Giovanni Bernard likely slides back into his role as Pure pass catcher, pure third down back. I'm not even sure he plays that role with how many targets Leonard Fournette had down the stretch. I believe Leonard Fournette had four plus targets in every game since week three. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those were seven, eight target games. Yeah. Just the most ridiculous pass catching role from a back we've really seen since like Kamara had the backfield to himself or McCaffrey wasn't hurt. Like he's in that category of how much volume he was re receiving, which is just crazy. But yeah, Bernard six was out. Bernard was out for the last six weeks of the season. Yeah. Bernard was out week 14, I believe. That's yeah, 14, when he got 15, 16, 17, 18, and then came back. So yeah, six. Yeah. Six and weeks. the targets were since week three. So, but even since week 10, right. Uh, nine targets for, for Leonard Fournette, six in week 11, eight in week 12, eight in week 13. So I don't really think it had a whole lot of an impact at all, actually. No yeah. less than four since week three. Yeah, I, I think Leonard Fournette would be a smash. I'm, I'm not disagreeing that point at all. Just saying that, like, if you're trying to get different on a four-game slate and and just go a different route, a 5K Giovanni Bernard is probably as cheap as I would be looking to go, period, end of story. Sure. If Edwards Alaire is out, though, I will go right back to Jarek McKinnon, depending on Oh, yeah, ownership. that's true. Yeah. Like, I, I know that people will be like, well, yeah, Daryl Williams fumbled and he'll probably be worked back in a little bit more significantly. It could absolutely be the case. And, and they, they steamrolled Pittsburgh, but I would definitely take some shots at McKinnon. The guy was getting goal line carries. Uh, he's a quality pass catcher. He was efficient on the ground. Like they used him. It wasn't that it did it. It wasn't that they used him just to, to spite Daryl Williams or because Daryl Williams was injured. And I still don't think Williams was hundred percent to be fair, but it was actually effective and successful. Mm -hmm. So no, I, go I, back to Minnesota days. Jarek McKinnon was a monster. I believe, wasn't he like a top tier spark score guy too? Yeah, Matt Jesse, dude, you definitely know that. That was the thing. Everybody, man, Jarek McKinnon, the spark score. And then it never really came to fruition. Injuries, man. Injuries suck. And as the <laughs>
Just screw that guy. Uh, All right. Matt so- took every touchdown that McKinnon was ever going to score in Minnesota. Yeah, and now I love the C.J. Ham role. I hope that continues because he never gets touches. Just Augustanock. Augustana College, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. What up? I love that you know that. I also love the over on the Brady passing prop this week. <laughs> it, it's high. What a professional. What a it's professional. high, but I can't help but want to get to the over on a Brady prop. In the postseason, in a competitive game, I mean, look at all of his games where he goes under, maybe save for one or two. It's all games where they just route their opponent. You know what I mean? It just is. We got him. It's not – Odd Shopper doesn't have it as the greatest bet, 56% win rate, expected win rate, 5% expected ROI. So none of that's beautiful, but we still have him projected for almost 300 passing yards. He threw for 432 or something against the Rams earlier this season in a loss. They just hate running the football. And that's why I love Leonard Fournette because they will run the football to him when they run it. And then they'll pass to him eight times as well. So it doesn't really take away from, from Lenny, but yeah, I, I think, I think Brady probably goes well over 300 this week because they have the lowest, Game script adjusted pass play per- run play percentage in the league. And Eric, you know who's second? That would be the Rams. Yeah, that entire game is just absurd. I mean, you look at the top stacks tool as well. We'll talk about that at the end of the show, like we always do. But the Rams and Tampa Bay, 20% and 13.1% respectively. Matthew Stafford chucking the ball all around the yard here. It's going to be, I, I definitely see both teams having to throw to kind of be successful in this spot. We saw Kyler Murray look as inept as possible. Uh, Tom Brady is not Kyler Murray. So I'm, no. I'm definitely out of any of the teams on the board. This game has so many paths to being different than what you expect. I think there's more variance, but I, I will say the one thing that is not variant in it is both teams are going to have to chuck it. And obviously uh, against the Tampa Bay defense, uh, Matthew Stafford on the other side, I definitely am with you. I think, I think both, uh, both guys taking the over on their passing props, not the worst way to go. Their second, the Rams secondary right now has some holes, yes. but you, you know, it can conceal that or mask. That is a good pass rush. Fun uh, Miller getting involved. Yeah, man. They just beat the shit out of Kyler Murray. I mean, that one, <laughs> that one pick six was, uh, was horrible, but I know Brady took some sacks against the Eagles, but usually that line holds up. He's like one of the least touched quarterbacks I've ever seen when it comes to being in the pocket. Yeah, those th- that offensive line was a little banged up, though, in the Tampa Bay game. So yeah. just kind of be, be on high alert. Be yep. on high alert. But the amazing thing about Brady, Matt, is he'll just get the ball out quicker, and he'll just beat you that way. And then they'll get yards after the catch. Yeah, a lot of people attribute sacks to the offensive line, but it's also a quarterback stat. Like Kyler having no pocket awareness is very much Great point. just as much at fault as his offensive line. Brady's not that. And I think we've seen that through a large sample in his career. And let's not forget this Rams defense just allowed 300 yards to a hurt Jimmy Garoppolo the week prior. So we can't say enough bad things about Kyler right now. <laughs> that was just a horrific performance. But Brady, I think he's a, he's a lot better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm a little scared of what he's going to do to Eric Weddle and some of the players that are out there for this Rams secondary. Perfect segue talking receivers before we do those shout out to our sponsor prize picks, phenomenal site, phenomenal partner, and a place that you should be checking out. If you haven't done so yet, uh, if not just for the fact that if you use the promo code, awesome, you'll get a hundred up to a hundred dollar first match deposit bonus. There's no sharks there. There's no, uh, mass entries, optimizers, just straight daily prop based contest. You're taking the over or under on all of these, no juice on either side of it. I mean, it really is a solid place to play and build a bankroll, but also give yourself a shot to win some legitimate money as well. Like if you use a five player lineup with five different props, you'll, you can 10 X your entry. And unlike traditional props, if you were to play four of five, or if you were to only hit on four of those five, we'll call them legs or props in the lineup, you still double your money. You even make money back on three of five, whereas you're not going to get that anywhere else. So uh, a good place to hit big, but also to build your bankroll and, and have a sustainable process over there, which is what we're all looking for uh, in a hyper-competitive DFS landscape these days. This is one of the best places to do it, prizepicks.com, or download it in the App Store, the Google Play Store, wherever you want, and use all of our free tools. We got the free, free player prop tool at awesomeo.com. I would use Odd Shopper because it gives you – all of the additional stuff like our projections are built in for free 
expected win rate on those. I, all of that stuff is super important to, to, to get an edge, um, especially when you're playing over there at prize picks and you're looking to go five for five where you're doing the four uh, player power play where you can 10 X on a four player one. Uh, oh, and did I forget to mention Eric that you now get a free month of awesome plus platinum for signing up, just signing up at prizepicks.com. I mean, it's ridiculous. Pretty unbeatable. If you ask me, I would say so. Yeah. They'll hit you up in 24 to 48 hours. Just use the link in the description or the one Mike Lawrence is about to put in the chat right now. $90 value, everything on the site, not just football, everything we have, every single tool that is available. You get it for the entire month when you sign up at Prize Picks, and you get the $100 deposit bonus when you use the promo code AWESOMO. I mean, honestly, what are you waiting for? Oh, yeah, and all of our tools for player props included. You would think I'm lying to you just given how good this is. In all seriousness, it really is. It's a no-brainer. PrizePicks.com. Check it out. All right. Wide receivers. Eric, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. We got to start there, and then we're going to work our way into this 6K range where your eyes will pop out of your head seeing how cheap some of these players are this week. Yeah, but this is that's kind of what it is. They're supposed to be good offenses. This is the playoffs. These were supposed to be sure. good teams. But the the major thing for me is that you get some you get some spots where Cooper Cup, 8,600, 8,500 for Devontae Adams. I, I think getting a lot of exposure to both feels like something that shouldn't be too terribly hard. You can even play Derrick Henry alongside it. We don't have any 10K, 9K guys. Cooper Cup coming off of last week, I think might not be getting as much respect. I mean, we've got him at 28.3%. So that looks like respect on a four game slate at least. But I think that should even be a little bit higher with the amount of workload. And, and just you can't look at one week where Odell Beckham gets involved here and, and just kind of say that that's the way that it's going to be going forward. Cooper Cup is the best wide receiver in football. That was his lowest fantasy point outcome since week four. Um, so Cooper Cup, I think, bounces right back with another monster game. I referred to it earlier, Tampa Bay third against the run here this season, averaging just around 92 yards a game that they're giving up. So I'm looking at, at this team, this Rams team, having to chuck it a lot. Cooper Cup, no doubt, has been the number one time and time again. So uh, for me, I like Cooper Cup even just a little bit more than Devontae Adams, but just slightly. What about you, uh, Matt? I think the recent workload's concerning. It's He's gotten a lot of this production, you mentioned, the last three weeks via touchdowns. And I mean, they're one of the highest expectations in terms of touchdown scoring in the NFL, just because of how much they throw, how many times they make it into the red zone, but seven targets exactly in each of the last three games. That is a concern. And Devontae Adams on the other side, he's a guy that does not have any concerns with workload. Green Bay has a better implied team total. They're huge favorites against San Francisco. I don't think either matchup is particularly scary. So I think I'm actually on the Devontae Adams side of this. All right. I like them both. Me too, yeah. and I think you can play them both in certain roster constructions, probably at the expense of Derrick Henry, but you can certainly jam both these guys if you want. That's a, a perfect – okay, so Ben mentioned this yesterday. I thought it was a really interesting uh, a, a really interesting point. If you're playing Cup and Adams in the same lineup on, a, on an abbreviated slate, you're doing things a lot differently than most people. And the reason for that being, Eric, Tyreek Hill is $6,600, okay? Yeah against against the Rams who yeah look do I still think Mike Evans when you don't have Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin is viable in, in literally any matchup my answer is always going to be yes unless it's like Marshawn Lattimore for some reason he just owns him but uh Tyreek Hill against Buffalo 6600 sure tough matchup but no Tredavious White and he's 6600 and then like AJ Brown what I'm saying is a lot of people are going to really live in this 6K range and pair one of those guys with Cup and Adams uh, opposed to pairing Adams with Cooper Cup. Well, if you want to get sick with me, you're able to play Garoppolo. He's going to save you some money, 5,200 going down yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm getting at. But I mean, you could just literally just stack up all of these guys, hope for a Kittle reemergence or play Samuel there. Um, it's not completely prohibitive to be able to play both cup and Adams the way that it might be some weeks. But as you said, yeah, that six K range is loaded. I will say though, I mean, Tyree kill Travis Kelsey is, is somebody that we just saw get massively involved there again. And I don't know. I, not, I feel, Hill. not Hill. Yeah, exactly. Not Hill. Stefan Diggs not involved here. I, I would expect one of them to have a massive bounce back week. I'm not saying that you should be just um, overly concerned with that situation, but 
Mahomes and Allen, I don't think any doubt. We never talk quarterbacks here, but those are going to be your two highest owned quarterbacks. I mean, that is a near 55 total in that absolute last game of the entire slate. And, you know, there's really no where, nowhere to go with those lineups with those quarterbacks. There's no pivoting with the last game on the slate. We know how much upside they have there. I mean, it's kind of a wait and see approach throughout the entire time. I, I don't think there's going to be um, a spot where Hill or, or, um, or am I just getting at him blank here? Yeah. Hill or Diggs end up like low owned in, in any capacity, simply too cheap. They're going to be paired. They're the number ones presumed number ones with their quarterbacks. So I think that they might even get a little bit more ownership. This is the ownership show. For me, that just, as you were saying before, Adam, such a secure workload cup, I think goes back to the mean, uh, starts getting his 10 plus targets once again here in this spot against a pass funnel. So I'm, I'm looking at probably spending up a little bit more. I know that the ownership's already there on both of them, but the, the lineups that are going to pair both are going to be much smaller than the lineups that have one of them individually. Yeah, for sure. I, it was so strange to me that Terry Kill, in, in a game where Mahomes completed 31 passes, was only targeted five times. You know, the heel seems fine. And that dude's got some springs. He's spring-loaded. Did you see that the back flip? flip? Unbelievable. Yeah, I, it was ridiculous. I watched it like 10 times. It was awesome. But either way, he seems to be okay. Digs, like all of, I, I guess for me, Matt, I don't know if they're priced down for the matchup or if DraftKings is trying to make it more palatable uh, when you're trying to build lineups here, which is clearly a factor, right? Like you can't price all of these guys above 8K. It's just going to be impossible. But I don't really care if it's Evans, Hill, or Diggs. I'm happy getting to any of these guys this week. I'm happy with it too. And I think this is where you really want to look at ownership throughout the week because I don't see there being large differences between the top of the position. But I think there is a chance that ownership coalesces around a few of these guys, particularly a Tyree kill and probably a Cooper cup. So players like Devonte Adams, we'll have to see how the week shakes out, but you even have like Debo's Jamar chases, Mike Evans. These are all elite pass catching options, like bona fide number ones on their team that could lead the position in scoring on any individual week. So those are the leverage points. I'm really going to be looking at right now at this point in the week. I don't really have strong takes on who I prefer. Honestly, I like all these guys and it's just going to come down to, Who's in the best game environment with the lowest ownership throughout the week? A guy like Mike Evans stands out a lot. Home favorite, good total, secondaries depleted. Devontae Adams, for reasons we already mentioned. Pass All, first offense. For sure, pass first offense. And then you have guys like the ancillary Cincinnati receivers. Like, what do we do with T. Higgins, who's now dropped in price? If you're just playing like cash or something like that, I think you easily go up to Tyreek Hill. But for tournaments, it's a really interesting conversation on an explosive offense. You could be right. I want to know where Higgins ownership settles in because if he's settling in around 20%, I still don't think he will, but if he does, I would probably just rather go to even in tournaments like an AJ Brown or, or, or any of these other guys, but yeah, th it's going to be really interesting to see where his ownership settles. Jamar chase though, is I feel like he could end up being the odd man out sandwiched in between like the cups and the Adams and then the Evans Hills and digs, Eric, that could be yeah. a really interesting piece. Once we get like good ownership later in the week, I would call him the Eli Mitchell of this, of this position. Sure. I mean, at running back, he's sandwiched. And then obviously in this spot, we're seeing Jamar chase, just sandwiched odd man out, Mike Evans, 6,800. I think he should rightfully be more popular. I think Debo Samuel, just the amount of work and volume that he gets in a myriad of ways. Now, now just setting up starting at running back what planet are we on uh debo samuel 7600 i still think is interesting yeah and you get I hate cheapers. it though don't you hate that like you have to rely on his rushing upside and he's gonna potentially get targeted two to four times yes Lafay, i do but also i've lost so much money by not rostering debo samuel <laughs> this entire season that at this point in time i'm gonna just do it going forward here. i hear you i, just I think debo samuel's also the targets we all know targets are worth more than carries yes. and Debo Samuel has been absurdly efficient with his, with his rushing attempts, but like, so is Cordero Patterson early in the, I, I just wonder how long do we go before, you know, we get to the eight for, for 30 rushing production and still only three targets. That's what scares me. I could be way off base here though. Honestly. Yeah. He's had over a hundred yards receiving in one of his last, like since week nine. So it's, it's a ridiculous thing. That's 10 straight weeks where you've had to rely on rushing game. The thing is <laughs> he's getting a lot of touches. So it's yeah. annoying. Uh, it's absurd, but Jamar chase, 
I mean, with this amount of upside that we've seen out of him, uh, maybe he he might be the one guy where it's just like he's just freaking good, and you just kind of roster him over the field in any spot that he's coming in under own to these other guys. I mean, everybody at the top of this range. This is the playoffs. These are the best teams in the NFL, and they're all good. Um, but like Jamar Chase is probably on the team that most people would say, you know, I, I mean, what they're three point dogs against Tennessee, so maybe not, but. It just feels like a team pe- or, uh, people are going to forget about. I will say the one thing that's difficult, and I mean, if he spikes 30 points, you're going to need him no matter what, but you can kind of mix in your match, your lineups. Uh, as the slate progresses, I'm a big late swap guy. I talk about it all the time in NBA. I think an NFL on a four-gamer, you need to be hypersensitive to playing anybody in these early games and know what those paths for those lineups are in the event that Jamar Chase either goes off or burns you, you got to be willing to inherit and change up a lot about your beliefs. So as much as we want to take large stands on guys here on Wednesday afternoon, uh, I'm looking at a, a number of these, these games where it's like, yes, I do like Jamar Chase, but not knowing what Jamar Chase's ownership is going to be, if he's going to end up like 20% here in this spot, I would almost just be more inclined to have none simply because I want to mix and match my lineups to account for every known variable from Cincinnati, Tennessee, no Derrick Henry. That's kind of the other reason that I'm probably looking to short Derrick Henry this week is just, it's the first game right out of the gate. I want to be waiting on, on like Leonard Fournette or some of these other situations that might come in a little bit underrepresented and kind of make my lineups uh, late swappable uh, as possible by having later exposure. Yeah, Eric, I never knew you were 6'2 either until you mentioned it a, a little while ago. Yeah, six, all conference basketball, don't mind me. Taller than I am, man. I didn't think yeah. you were. I'm 6'1. Give me a uh, yes, stand I up. Is that something I need that to do? 6'2, okay. Six yeah, two. I can dunk. What, what are you weighing me. in at? Oh, God. Don't don't ask me that question right now. Uh, we're don't don't we're give at, me that crap, man. Don't, uh, no. don't be that. I'm, I'm rated 200 now. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So you could stand the loose 10, maybe. I could probably stand to lose more than that. I'm training for a half <laughs> marathon now because uh, it's the only way I could get my you ass off don't the look couch. heavy. Oh, well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I mean, I can only see from here down, but that looks fine. Yeah. Job of the hut on the bottom end. <laughs> Just Honto the Punto Skywalker. <laughs> That's good stuff. All right. Uh, that is unfazed. He didn't move. No, Dude, Matt didn't move. Did. You're Matt so Matt, unimpressed by me. Matt, what do you, I'm going to take a guess. You're five, <laughs> ten and a half. I'm six feet. Are you? Yeah. See, I always thought Matt was shorter. It's and you weigh, life. you weigh a buck. You gotta be, cause you're, you, you're, you're kind of, st- you're kind of husky. I'm going to go one eighty nine. Oh, I'm, I'm like two ten, two fifteen. No, you're not. Yeah. He's a brick house 215 wow yeah he's i think it's I'm muscle be- though too that's the that's the i think thing. i'm but bet- i i, I think uh, i'm between 210 and 215 his favorite food is protein and protein tuna and hot dogs it's like, so true well i don't know about the second one but <laughs> i'm just saying it's better than chips i suppose i don't know is it i mean i don't know but i i can dunk a basketball too eric Look at you. No, well, you two on two. Awesome. Oh. oh, dude, it's uh, two on two. Awesome. Are we going to be doing like a retreat at some point in time? We got to get we stuff, are like, Arizona we are. Been trying to get something set up. You can't dunk a basketball, Matt. We'll see, man. I'll show can you. Can you two handed yeah. dunk? Like, I, I can't do it. The only, that's the only way I can do it, Loppy, because my but like hang are... on the right. Because what you can't yeah. palm a ball. Yeah, I can't do it one hand. I can only do it two handed. Shit. Can you still do it? I mean, you're you're younger than me, right? I'm 28. Oh yeah, yeah. You can still dunk. I I cannot. I want you to shotgun two four locos and dunk a basketball when we get together. Okay. And I'll film it. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin, just go to it. Oh, I will do God. it. Yeah. You know, if we do get together, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do like vlogs, just any any absurd stuff that happens, so people can follow along and have some some fun with us. I think it'd be a good time. Dude, I have no kids, no responsibilities. I know you guys do. So when it works, we just got to do it. Tell me when and I'm there. All right. I love it. I'm all about it. Any uh, any other cheap or low-owned wide receiver? I'll throw a couple out there and just see where you guys are at on yours, and then we'll hit tight ends and, and top stacks and head out. But I, I do think that if you're looking at a like a Julio, what if Julio really was just banged up and now he's had a little bit of time and he's back to – to, to where he was. He actually looked really good in week 18. 
I think if Julio comes in at low single digit ownership, that's a spot that I'm willing to at least entertain. Uh, nine targets was a season high. I like that. Got into the end zone, looked okay. And then if Alan Lazard is really 4%, uh, that's probably something I will have some interest in. Uh, go ahead, Eric. Yeah. Alan Lazard, Iowa State's finest. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I'm absolutely all aboard that train. You know, I'm so conflicted with this guy. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. I'm an Iowa State fan, but Alan Lazard indisputably kind of becoming the number two there. I will say, I believe Marcus Valdez-Scanling was out um, for uh, week 16. Okay, so just the one week here specifically, but um, he's got the injury designation with his back. He's been a limited participant in practice, so be on the lookout for that. I think his involvement period is probably something that might take a little bit of the shine off. But yeah, if you're looking for a way to get different, any amount of Aaron Rodgers where you're skipping Adams, which I don't recommend doing, but I mean, it's just Alan Lazard, 4,400. There's not a lot of guys here in this range. I mean, Van Jefferson garnering a little bit more attention, 4,200. Um, but I, I doubt people who are just clicking on box scores, looking at targets are going to go nuts going towards a Van Jefferson as opposed to an Alan Lazard. So I'm, I'm probably with you there for me. This is the first time I've always been shying away from some of these number twos from the Kansas city side, just because they haven't existed. It could be Robinson. It could be any of these guys, but on a four game slate, I'm definitely going to be looking at quite a bit of Byron Pringle at 4,200. I mean, it's hard in that game environment, last game of the entire slate, not to have some interest there. Uh, Eight and seven targets. Now the last two weeks, he's definitely kind of become the certified number two there. McCool Hardman, you know, they're doing a lot of the gadget plays for him, still returning punts to whatever else, but and there's ways that he can get some value. But uh, Byron Pringle, I think is, can we just call him the wide receiver too there in Kansas City now? Because he sure looks like it. Probably, yeah. I just yeah. hate how, how Mahomes spread the ball out so damn much last game, but Pringle was involved. He mm. looks good, man. So I get it. I'm with you. Matt, what about you for some low on receivers? Yeah, I like Pringle. I think the spread is good for him, bad for the guys at the top like Tyreek and Kelsey, but Tyreek is so cheap that it's not really that much of a worry. He's not 8K. Outside of that, I think some of the cheaper options do make sense. I have a little more skepticism on Lazard than you guys. The Packers did designate Randall Cobb to return. Doesn't necessarily mean he'll play in this game, but just something to watch. And it's not that Randall Cobb necessarily plays Alan Lazard's position, but when they have a full and healthy receiving core with Adams, Cobb, Lazard, MBS, they all rotate on and off the field. So even if he takes a couple snaps away from Lazard here and there, that does affect him. And down at the bottom, I think but you could... Real quick, Matt, for me, it was just the fact that if Lazard really is 4% on a four-game slate, and that's really all it is. It's not that I feel good about it, but... Yeah, I agree with you. I think you play Lazard. Turn... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, for sure. Gabe Davis, I think, makes a lot of sense. Cole Beasley was almost entirely phased out of the offense. And if that continues to be the case, I think Emmanuel Sanders and Gabe Davis can both make some sense there. Outside of that, there's not too much I like. Maybe you could take a shot on like a Brandon Ayuk who continues to see pretty good targets with Debo playing more running back than ever. Outside of that, I don't think there's really too much need. There's a situation, I guess, to monitor with Tampa Bay, seeing who ends up being the wide receiver too. Maybe you'll get some value, but that's not very clear at this point in the week. We had a question, Gabe Davis or Beasley. Honestly, it's it's Gabe Davis at this point. He's playing a lot. Beasley played 30% of snaps in that game. He well, we've been eight. saying that all season long. Beasley just isn't yeah. going to – when Dawson Knox is healthy as well. I mean, Dawson Knox is out there for a hot second. We saw the snap share come back up for a second. But, like, D Cole Beasley is not a priority on this team anymore. No, he ran eight routes last game. It's crazy, right? And Gabe Davis – Listen, Gabe Davis is a legitimate red zone threat. He's a he's a he's a, a red zone target on this team. Josh Allen really likes him in the red zone uh, and really in the end zone. So, yeah, I think it's it's clearly Gabe Davis. If you're asking me, Matt, would you agree? Yeah, I think 100. percent And I think it makes sense. Gabe Gabe Davis, he's a lot more dynamic of a playmaker than Beasley. Beasley, you know, you're getting a five yard catch, maybe around the sticks, and nothing more. Gabe Davis can at least do things down the field that Beasley can't. Mike, I just realized that uh, we haven't updated the Hall of Fame, so you can you can scrap it for today. Aw. Yeah, you can scrap it for today. We'll, we'll get it updated for later today. No big deal. You guys, I mean, look, the flagship Deeper Dive Live Before Lock shows, you'll be on one of those tonight, Eric. Yes, sir. I'm going to be doing the deeper dive actually with Adam tonight. So I think it's Ryan now. Man. Maybe I'm wrong. I think it was, it went from Alex to you to Ryan. I, 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 Adam literally just DM me something a little while ago. Maybe I'm oh, okay. Cool. 
Let me Either know. way, you're going to be there one or the other. I'm going to be doing something. One or the other, you'll be there. <laughs> and you'll do the Hall of Fame segment. So we'll be, we'll be in good hands. Uh, all right, hey, tight ends. One more time, hit that thumbs up, too, if you haven't done so yet. Um, look, we got football this week, Saturday and Sunday, for what? The second to last time, right? Second to last time that we'll have Saturday and Sunday football. We'll have two games next week, and then we'll wrap it all up. So it's coming to an end abruptly. Let's make the best of it. All right. So uh, tight ends, Matt, Kelsey, Gronk, Kittle, Knox, led the lead, led the team in, in routes run last week too, found the end zone twice, needed him big time on that Saturday slate. Even CJ Osama has played really well at times. It's actually a pretty stacked position for a four-game slate. Yeah, it is. I, I think the player with the most consistent opportunity right now is actually Gronk. Kelsey's still Love competing it. with Tyreek Hill, and they're spreading the ball around a lot more to the ancillary options, at least more in previous than in previous years. And it's the opposite in Tampa Bay because of the injuries in the whatever you want to call the Antonio Brown situation. Their target share is condensed around Gronk and around Mike Evans. And it's not all that long ago. There's third and, and second most recent game where Gronk went over 100 yards in both double digit targets. So I do think the volume is there for Gronk. And as far as a price adjusted play, his volume is just more consistent than Kelsey and George Kittle right now. But I'm surprised to see George Kittle coming in with 21% ownership. I know his price is down, but based on the volatility of his role of late, I thought we would be able to get a very low owned George Kittle. So at this point in the week with Gronk, only a couple more percentage points higher than Kittle. I think I'm just going to find the 500 and play Gronk. I don't think you're wrong. I, th when you lose a, an Antonio Brown and a Chris Godwin and you've got a Rob Gronkowski and Mike Evans, don't we have to be looking at these guys as premier options with maybe the greatest passer to ever do it, who still might be the greatest passer still doing it on a, a team that hates to run the football? Like, and Gronk is a legitimate red zone guy. I like him again this week. I'm worried about Kittle, Eric. I mean, I was sweating an over 11 and a half receiving yards prop on Kittle the other day. Why, why am I sweating? It hit fortunately, but like, Jeez. why, why should I be sweating over 11 and a half yards on George Kittle? It's scary. Yeah. Uh, part of it is, and I, I think I said this coming into the season and obviously he had some massive ridiculous uh, weeks, but I mean, I was basically off of him. He's a really good pass blocker. Like he's a, or not pass blocker, sorry, a run blocker. Like he's, he's just, it's almost like an issue that he's as good on a football field at doing everything as what he is going back to. Yeah. Shout out Iowa, even though I hate you going back to his college days. I mean, he's always been on these run first teams and you know, this is no different. It's, it's a run first football team. You also have guys like Juwan Jennings who, you know, two weeks ago came to fruition and, you know, was a, a third down stalwart there for Jimmy Garoppolo in this Cowboys game. I just look at stuff like this. He just doesn't have the absolute we have to go to him type of uh, type of act. Now, that being said, there's six point dogs. If you're going to have a game where you would expect them to have to throw it a little bit more, this would be it. George Kittle's now down to 5,300, whereas before you were paying 7,500 for, for just about nothing here in previous weeks. I think the discount is probably the main reason you're seeing him at 21%, but I'm with you. I think Gronk is definitely the the guy that I want to get to the most at 5,800. If he's going to be the same uh, price there as Travis Kelsey, I'll let everybody else kind of go that direction. And if I need to try to find ways to get different in, in other positions in that game uh, for, for some of my lineups, because I'm, I'm sure I'm going to have a crazy amount of exposure to Kansas City Buffalo, just like everyone else, I can make some pivots and account for a Gronk dud. I can't do anything about Kelsey uh, in that last game in the event that he goes for a dud. For sure. And, and Matt, it's weird. He played 97% of snaps. He blocked a lot. He still led the team in routes run. It's just, he only had a couple targets, which is unfortunate. Do you like any value? Uh, Usama, Ferkser, DeGuara, any, anybody down there, maybe even a Higby that, that, that's reasonable? Yeah, I, I think that I love Kittle. I just wish he was lower owned. If For what right. you said about like the routes, if, if he was coming in at 10%, I'd be slamming Kittle, but he's the third most owned tight end on the slate. For value, it's kind of scarce. I think Higby is the one guy you can look to with some security. He plays a pretty strong role in the pass game, but he is a little touchdown dependent. You are somewhat making up that difference in price, however. Uzama had the best game of his career, maybe, in their last contest. So I think you're probably buying high on Uzama. 
Deguara is in a three-way timeshare. Like you're going to see Mercedes Lewis and Daphne. I don't know who the Packers are going to play a tight end, but they don't just use Deguara. And then outside of that, like Ferkser's a pass catcher, but he's really limited in snaps. Brait maybe sees an elevated role because they're so injured at receiver. But even then, these are all touchdown dependent guys. And I think the one that's most likely to secure the touchdown is still Higby. Wrap up the tight end position for us, Eric. Yeah, I, I have a weird one, but I mean, Jeff Swaim is a guy who's at least been on the field a lot. He's the one guy underneath 3K that I think I would actually be willing to roster. I mean, Cameron Braid, I suppose, but just playing no snaps whatsoever. Um, you know, he's been around 30, 36% on like the high end on any of these weeks uh, in recent weeks. But this guy in, in Swaim has been on the field 90%, 71% of the time there against Houston. And obviously they ended up uh, having to play some of those guys a little bit more than they might've wanted to, to secure that one seat. But just on the field over 65% of the time, I think you can take that shot. And basically whenever I go down on like a, like a three or a four game slate to the bottom end of the tight end position, it's basically hoping that there's no ceiling performance out of Kelsey Gronk and Kittle. Um, you know, obviously there's that mid range to actually be worried about too. We saw Uzoma, we saw Dawson Knox go for ceiling performances as well, but like you're basically getting yourself into more of the cup Adams Henry kind of tier, being able to pay up for some of those guys just gives you a different roster construction. And at least Swaim is on the field. So there's an outside chance. Obviously there's no kind of a, a, a verified passing game role, but Somebody who could sneak himself into the end zone has done it a couple times this season and sub three K is sub three K. Okay. Well, that's all the positions, but we still got to hit these stacks before we head out for the day. Then I'm going to get a haircut. That's what we that's got. Why you needed on. to roll out of here early was the haircut. I got one on Friday. Laffy. Nice. Thank God. Very You're nice. very disorderly. It's been, you very told me dark. I needed a haircut on Monday. I did. Like I did look at this thing. Matt, I thought not. you just shaved your own hat. You know how hard it is to shave your own head? I don't know. I know a ton of people that do it. Yeah, it's hard. Is it? Yeah. Really? It's just one of those things, too, where someone can do it easier and better, and I'm just right. willing to pay the money for it. Did you go to a barber? Yes. I have the best barber. It took me a long time to find one that doesn't talk to me, and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> really? See, I like... I, I oh, this guy's awesome. That- he, just, he asked me what I want, how I'm doing. He does it. We don't exchange any more words than that. And then I'm out of there. He gets a great tip. Awkward, man. That is so uncomfortable and awkward. Yeah. Here's the thing though. I had a bad barber experience last week and I've had the same barber forever. It has nothing to do with the haircut because I think he did a great job, but I told him, he always asked me about fantasy advice. We always sit down and he was asking about his basketball team. He goes, I really need a win playing my buddy. Dayron Sharp was like a, a lock for me that day. And I was like, you need to go pick up this guy. Al Horford's out of the rotation. You needed to drop him. Back-to-back days, Dayron Sharp goes for a dud, plays like 25 minutes, yeah. does nothing. And Al Horford ends up mega chalk because Robert Williams has a child. I felt like <laughs> shit. So anyway, so uh, if you're watching my guy Enzo, I apologize. Just get ben, a new barber, man. Can't ben Raza it. told me this advice. Ghost him. Ghost yeah. my barber because I'm feeling so guilty about being a piece of shit. <laughs> Eric, some Whatever. of the best advice that Ben Raza ever gave me is to tell anybody you won't have more meaningful relationships with. If they ask what you do, just tell them you're an accountant. There you go. It's the Ben Raza sure. special. There you go. Oh yeah. Ben Raza coming back after like bad advice to a barber or something. I can't imagine the awkwardness of that conversation. Enzo. Uh, it it would be to- a lot of this. Well, you know, um, yeah ben told me to tell my my girlfriend when i first met her that i was an accountant <laughs> just lie right from the get-go ben That's encourages what, lying all right we gotta That's go i ben got a haircut said, stop talking okay, yeah, yeah, uh, and enzo if you're looking for some tools for free instead of eric linquist advice our nba ownership rankings are totally free today pga rankings and nhl player rankings all of them completely free over at awesome but if you want to check out everything else, we have NFL strategy show, all one word, all caps, get you 25% off your first week of awesome. plus platinum, every tool for every sport, all of them created by awesome. himself built by awesome. used by awesome. I should say. All right. Uh, top stacks. As we do, we go around the horn here, give our favorite one uh, and try and be a little different or try and just really reaffirm what we're looking at in terms of the percentages I'll go with Matthew Stafford and the Rams. I like this game to be a, 
Eric's right. It could go m- many different ways, but as of now, I'm approaching it as these teams want to throw the football. The Rams will struggle to run the football. True, insane pass funnel defense for the Bucks. So give me this Ram stack. It's not that expensive outside of Cooper Cup. Matthew Stafford's not overpriced. You know, Beckham and Jefferson haven't been great, but I think you can go Stafford, Cup, Higby pretty easily. Higby's got decent touchdown equity. And just to tack on to that, over passing yards over at Odd Shopper, we have him projected at 295.4. The prop is 279.5. That's FanDuel's the best line because we aggregate everything and just very simply for free give you the best bet so you don't have to find it. And uh, 56% win percentage. So uh, just Rams passing game all around. Eric, that's what I got today. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Um, I have the fortune and honor, not just of doing this Wednesday show with Matt Kajewski, but every Sunday throughout the entire NFL season, we've been able to do live before lock. And we absolutely crushed uh, just getting off of some of the Keyshawn Vaughn, getting onto a lot of Giovanni Bernard as we talked through it on that show. The problem is we played all of the Dallas San Francisco quarterbacks and that did not go well. I'm not making the mistake of fading Patrick Mahomes or trying to be even anywhere lower than the field. If you're going to say that Patrick Mahomes is going to only be, you know, the 20% rostered right now, uh, looking at his 24% top stack potential, we know Hill, we know Kelsey. And now I think Byron Pringle, a certifiable option there in that, uh, in that offense. I think Pringle's existence as a wide receiver too, that I feel we can lean on opens up the ability to double stack that in a way. I don't think we did before. You usually had to go along with everybody else and play either uh, we'll play both of Kelsey and Hill in order to really spike that upside. I think Pringle's existence makes me much more inclined to want to fire up a bunch of KC positive leverage to be had. That shouldn't be the case with Kansas city ever on any four game slate. I love it. Matt, put a bow on it. Take us out fella. Love the other side of that game with Buffalo. I like Josh Allen because there's so many ways you can actually stack him. You can do skinny stacks because Josh Allen's extremely mobile and the stacks you're spending money on are less expensive than some of the other premier options. That offense doesn't have a, a Cooper Cup or a Travis Kelsey. Your most expensive option is Stefan Diggs. And then when you get down to the wide receivers two and three, you're talking about Gabe Davis, Emmanuel Sanders, and even Knox at the tight end. Those are really cheap stacks. I think they have similar upside to the ones you guys mentioned, and perhaps they allow you to jam in a Derrick Henry or someone else. All right. Matt Gajeski at Matt underscore Gajeski. Eric at Eric Lindquist, L-I-N-D-Q-U-I-S-T. That's that's pretty standard. Though. Most people should know how to spell that. Kajeski is a little bit different because it's not pronounced how it sounds. Neither is mine. Lafay underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. You guys are the best. Thanks for hanging out with us all season. We'll run this back a couple more times before we uh, board up the windows for the year. But until then, come back tomorrow. It's the matchup show. We'll have on the contrary. We'll have a culmination of four and a half hours all the way up to lock. Both of those days, probably. I don't know. We got Saturday, Sunday. Who knows at this point? But just stick with us and uh, have a good rest of the week. We'll see you guys back here soon. Peace.